Well, this morning, uh, we're looking at Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. And I thought of this in a context of preparation brings perspective, okay? Preparation brings perspective. We are preparing for Christmas. And uh, how many are done with your Christmas shopping? <laughs> That's good. How many haven't started yet? Okay, you know, they asked me the other day, did you start? And I said, well, it's not Christmas Eve. You know, <laughs> you know, why do you want to get up to get there anyhow? And then, of course, I have one of my friends is uh, Russian Orthodox, and uh, he says, well, I don't start till after, you know, you guys have your Christmas, and then they have sales just for us, you know. <laughs> so for the Orthodox Church, their, their Christmas is uh, a week later. So, um, but anyhow, as he, we were talking about that and how that, you know, he doesn't do his Christmas shopping until, until later. So... In our lives, we are preparing. Preparation brings perspective. And whenever you're preparing for Christmas, what perspective do we have? How do we prepare ourselves? What perspective do we have about our gifts, about what we give? What perspective is there? And so it, it, it balances out our preparation brings perspective. Our perspective balances our preparation. So we look at, at, at this thing, and then again, I, I following this through, I was looking at Mary, okay? Mary, the mother of Jesus. And what is her preparation for that night that the angel Gabriel showed up and gave her the message that she was going to have a child? I mean, this is a very <laughs> difficult announcement to bring to a young woman Probably anywhere from, some imagine her to be 14, 16 years old. So in, in those days, you know, it was very common for someone to be married at the age of 14, sometimes even 13. And that was very common because their lifespan was to about 30, 35. You know, if you were 40 years old, you were an old person. So being married was a, at a young age was very common or was the, was the ordinary. And so Mary could have been 14 years old, 16 years old, but somewhere in that preparation, what prepared her for that night in which she was going to receive this announcement? So whenever Mary responded, and I said we were going to start with verse 36, but I'm going to read verse 34. Mary said to the angel, but how? You know, you're going, the angel Gabriel says, you know, you're going to have a child. And, you're, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And, and Mary is, she's not disengaged from the angel. She's very engaged. She's not, like, confronting the angel. She's Angel Gabriel. She's talking with him and trying to bring a perspective to the whole thing, to this whole circumstance. And see, whenever we are praying and we have our prayers, what perspective do we bring with our prayers? What perspectives do we have whenever we have our, our prayers that we're bringing to God? And what preparation do we have in bringing our prayers to God? Preparation is knowing the Scripture, knowing basically what the promises of God are, how that the promises of God work in our life. And that understanding, that preparation of the Scriptures gives us a perspective then about how we should pray. And how, what we should ask for. And how we should ask. 
So these, these two things go back and forth. This preparation gives perspective. Perspective gives preparation. And we're looking at this, and, and our whole faith is based on our understanding of the Scriptures and our understanding about the relationship that Jesus Christ has with us. And, and so it's in this preparation that we have perspective. It's in the perspective that we, pre- that we prepare. So Christmas is coming. So we prepare. You know, get the house decorated. How many have the house decorated? How many have started? How many will finish? <laughs> I won't finish until the kids get home and they can finish. So, <laughs> uh, But we have these things go hand in hand. So Mary, she has um, the angel, Gabriel, comes to her and she, you know, makes the, the announcement. And Good morning, Mary, you're beautiful with God's beauty. That, that's a great introduction. And then he goes on, talks about how that this child that is born in you, he will be great, be called the son of the highest. The Lord gave him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end ever to his kingdom. So here's a declaration coming to this young woman. Your child is going to sit on the throne of David. He's going to be greater than the the king of Israel, David. And who is Mary? She is a peasant girl in a remote village, in a village, in a small village. So here is a peasant girl in a small village having a visitation from an angel telling her that her child is going to be greater than the greatest king of Israel. How do you wrap your mind around that? How do you get perspective of that? Only by preparation. What was the preparation? She would have known the promises of a Messiah. She would have known about how that God had worked in the lives of others. And we see, and and she begins, and Mary says in verse 34, but how? I've never slept with a man. I mean, she's not that naive that she doesn't understand that the, the... the progression of, a, of, of having a child. And the angel says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest hover over you, and therefore the child you bring to birth will be called the Son of God. We think it's hard, and you know, I say promises of God. What are some of the promises that come to your mind? I think of God has promised that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Okay, So you can never be alone or out of God's presence. That God says, I will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Now these are promises spoken to us through the scripture. How do we make the application of those promises to our everyday life? We find it difficult sometimes (laughs) when things aren't the way they should be, when things don't work out the way we planned, when there's difficulties there, What happens? We begin to question. But if we are prepared by knowing the word and allowing God to speak to our heart every day, then when these problems come, we have a proper perspective. We have a perspective about them that will help us handle them. So preparation brings perspective. Perspective brings preparation. 
because I know how great the task is. I've got to prepare myself. But Mary has already prepared herself because of her love for God. And then verse 36. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren. And here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. Now, let's, let's talk about, well, you know, you've been praying about God meeting needs in your life. And along comes someone else's. Well, you know, God has been doing a work in somebody else's life. God has met the need in someone else's life. And does that make us jealous, envious, or bring assurance? Mary hears about her cousin Elizabeth. Did you know one of the things that in the Old Testament, there's a number of stories, a number of places in the Old Testament where barren women were made, were given promises that they were going to have a child. Abraham, you know, Sarah's going to have a child. What did Sarah do when she heard that? She laughed. <laughs> okay, I was waiting for you to laugh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Really joyfully, you know. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me give you a promise. God's going to supply all your needs. <laughs> well, well, that's nothing to laugh at. Well, that's the promise came to Sarah. It said, you're going to have a child. Not me. This guy out there is a little nuts. You know, he doesn't know how old I am. And he doesn't know the situation. God knows the situation. One of the other things that's so amazing is Mary's cousin Elizabeth is with child. All right, she's going to have a baby. Zechariah, her husband, okay, he's a priest in the temple. Zechariah, and if you read the scripture, we, we did this one, I think it was last week, week before. Zechariah walks in, now, it was his turn. <clears throat> in, in, in the Old Testament, they had the holies of holies. This was a sacred place, a very sacred place that a priest went in once a year for the sacrifice, went into the holies of holies for the presentation of the sacrifice, okay? Well, Zechariah went into the holy place, into the very presence of God. The angel Gabriel shows up and says, Zechariah, your wife is going to have a son and you're going to call his name John. Okay? And Zechariah says, I don't think so. <laughs> How am I really going to know this? Are you, are you pulling my leg? <laughs> and the angel says, tell you what, Zach. <laughs> tell you what, Zach. You're not going to be able to speak until the baby's born, until you name the baby. And his name is John. And Zechariah, boom, that moment wasn't able to speak. Mary, when the angel spoke to Mary, she didn't have that type of doubt. She had the question. Well, preparation brings perspective. She didn't have, she knew the natural things. You know, Zechariah, he's, he's married to Elizabeth. 
you know, surely you understand, Zechariah, that it's a natural thing, but, well, she's too old, I'm too old, it's never going to happen in our life, and here's an angel coming to Zechariah in the holies of holies, and Zechariah is there supposedly in the, pre- well, he's in the presence of God, and the angel shows up, and he doubts what's happening. Mary is in her home, in a small, put-together hut. And an angel comes and speaks to her, and her final response is, in verse, I think it's verse 37, and Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I, I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. Mary is just willing to accept what the angel says. The angel Gabriel shows up and says, this is what's going to happen. She says, okay, well, I'm not married. Don't worry, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Well, I've never, I've never been, you know, had a sexual relationship with a man. How am I going to have a child? The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the, that, he that is conceived in you will be of God. And Mary just like, okay. Whatever you want, this I'm your handmaiden. I'll do whatever you feel is right, God. You do it in my life. How different that is from Zechariah. How different that is from Abraham and Sarah. How different it is from the different ones in the Old Testament that were barren. They had a whole, their perspective was like doubt and question. And, and you know, Angel Gabriel, he shows up and the angels show up and tell them these things, but they still doubt them. Well, the angel left um, Mary, and we find that there is this challenge in, in Mary's, well, what does Mary do? Mary then leaves to go visit Elizabeth to find out, to, you know, um, gain perspective of this. So when she goes on this journey, or before she goes, I'm, I'm going to look at this in a minute for, from, the perspect, from the perspective that we have the perception. Well, what is God doing? Whenever we have a perspective, okay, every one of us have a perspective. Every one of us have traditions. Uh, we have uh, friends that um, they're, you know, the parents, always made the holiday dinner. Well, now the adult daughters decided they were going to make the holiday dinner. Well, the adult, the parents, couldn't get that perspective in their head. <laughs> you know? Well, they won't, they won't know what to do. Well, they're older adults and married and they have children of their own and but they don't know how to make this meal because the parents perspective of their adult children was that I don't think they can really cook is what they were saying you know anybody ever say that about you know I don't think you really cook you can come to my house and eat okay well they didn't go that far but it was just the idea that it was a different perspective well well how are they going to do it how, how are they going to make the meal well well dad it's a turkey you know, and you stuff it, and you put it in one of those bags, you put it in the oven, and you cook it. Well, you don't know how to do it right, though. (laughs) 
it's like the, I, I know I said this before, so um, it's like the, they were co- the, the young married couple, just newly married, their first Thanksgiving, Christmas, and they were putting a ham in the, the oven, and he said, you have to cut off both ends of the ham. <laughs> and uh, the husband says, why? He says, well, I don't know. My mom always, because it's better that way. So mom always did it. So they called mom and mom, mom, why did you cut the ends off the ham? <laughs> well, you, we do, because that's what grandma always used to do. So they called grandma and said, grandma, why did we cut the ends off the ham? Well, I didn't have a pan big enough for the ham to fit in, so we've cut the ends off. So, perspective. So we have a perspective, and, you know, there was no reason for it, just that we always did it. And, And I think if that's the perspective sometimes of Christmas, that's the perspective of promises, that's the perspective of of how that we live, but knowledge has to, you see, preparation has to give us knowledge and understanding of how we do things. And our knowledge is ever-increasing. Why do we have to always have the same traditions? It's okay. It's okay to have traditions. and In fact, we should have them, but it's okay to tweak them. Why? Because things change. (laughs) things change. Well, what happened with Mary? My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That's verse 46 and 47. My soul magnifies the Lord. One of the worst things that can happen to a person is to live with a shrunken understanding of God and a shrunken soul. Always cutting off the ends of things. Well, God can do that, but, you know, like Zechariah, when the angel says, you know, you're going to have a son, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> or Sarah, when the angel says, you know, you're going to have a child, she laughs. We see how that the shrunken soul, the worst thing we can do is have a, a shrink-wrapped soul. That whenever the heat's applied, everything closes in on us. That we have this perspective that when things go wrong and life goes wrong and problems arise and this happens, we get a shrink-wrapped soul. Everything shrinks in because of the pressure that we feel and the heat that's on. Well, Mary doesn't have a shrink-wrapped soul. She doesn't have a shrunken perspective of God. And this is a perfect, perfect reason to take Christmas seriously. It's our best hope for our minds and our hearts to be enlarged with God's greatness. It is the greatest opportunity for us to be enlarged with God's greatness. I was reading about how that children can become greedy. One of the, the greatest things about Christmas is to teach children how to give because mostly we teach them how to get and that's not you know you know I'm not please don't misunderstand me that we should not give we have to give but in the same perspective we have to let things go there are certain things we need to give away there are certain things that we need to transition out of our lives I remember this uh, this was uh, 
the story years ago I read it and it was about this big church in New York City and uh, they were doing this was like 67 well 75 it was the turn of the century probably about 1910 1912 somewhere in there and there was this they were doing a drive for the poor in this large church in New York City and they were doing this drive for the poor and the kids of this one family decided they were going to do without. They were actually, you know, didn't turn the lights on in their house. And, I mean, they did everything they could to raise money for the needy families in their church. And so they, they, they scrimped, they saved, and they had, a, they had a whole family project about it. And they put money, you know, they had a jar on the table, and they would put their pennies and dimes and nickels and things in this jar, and they raised like $12.50. And, you know, in 1920, 1910, somewhere in there, that was a lot of money. So they took their money, and they were very, very happy, and they were very excited because on the Sunday that they were, you know, they brought their contributions to the church, and they gave it, took it forward, and put it in the offering for, for the needy family. And um, the end of the week, the pastor came to their house. Well, they put in $12.50. At the end of the week, the pastor came to their house and gave them $15 because they were the needy family in the church. (laughs) And they were astonished. One, they didn't know they were needy. And number two, out of the entire congregation, they raised $12.50 of the 15. (laughs) And they were very disappointed One, because they didn't realize they were needy. And I always remember my mom talking about, you know, she said, when we grew up, we didn't know we were poor. We were so poor, we didn't know we were poor. (laughs) And and, And that perspective of giving was such that when we look at our lives, there is this perspective of how that we give. The Bible says that we give, and out of the abundance of the heart, we give. We speak, we give, we do, and what happens is God has promised that he will return. And we don't give because we're expecting a return. We give because we are expecting God to, you know, because it's a good thing. It's a pleasing thing in our, in our soul to, get us, to give us the right perspective uh, of things. It gives us a perspective of how that we can look at things. And sometimes whenever we look at things, We have a certain perspective. I asked uh, Jose to put up some pictures. Do we have those pictures? Now, whenever we think of perspective, I want the far away shot first. Okay, everybody know what that is? What is it? No, it's a night shot, so it's the moon. That's it. Thank you. Yes. If it's not the sun, it's the moon up there. (laughs) Okay. All right, so we got the moon And most of us are used to, perhaps, that type of perspective. In our life, that's generally how we look at things. You know, we got a a good perspective. We have a very good perspective. But, you know, if we kind of focus in a little, we have another perspective. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. Now, that's you get a little, you know, telescope or whatever, and, you, you know, you get a better perspective of things. So then, if you get a more powerful perspective, <laughs> you can get right up close. 
All right? Preparation brings perspective. When we prepare our lives for what God is going to do, sometimes we look at it, look at who we are from a distance, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I've seen the moon. <laughs> I, you can see it almost, you know, full moon, and, and it's a cloudless sky. You can see the moon, have a good perspective of the moon. <laughs> yeah, there's a perspective. <laughs> Preparation brings perspective. <laughs> so whenever we th- see things, we see them in a certain light. We see them from a per- certain knowledge. And the challenge of the scriptures give to us that God, just like the angel coming to Mary gives her a perspective that you're going to bring a child into this world that is going to be called the glory of the Most High. He's he's going to be Emmanuel. He's God with us. All of the promises of the Old Testament, all the promises of, of, you know, how that God has brought barren women to have children while the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to have a child. And Mary says, what does she say? She says, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid. I'm I'm the Lord's maid. And I'm ready to serve. She didn't see. Now, in, the old te- in those times, if you were pregnant and not married, they would stone you. Okay? She was betrothed to Joseph. That meant if she has a child, and she's with child, and Joseph knows that he's not the father, he can put her away. So she's taking upon herself the sentence of death and losing her husband. Okay? And she's saying to the angel, I recognize that I am the Lord's maid. I am ready to serve. Whenever God brings promises to our life, We think of all the perspectives. Well, you know, I see the moon up there. Well, God's saying to us, I want you to have a closer look at this. I want you to have a telescopic view of this, and you can get right up on it. In our life, the promise of God comes to that right up on it part of our life that stands in need and says to us, I can meet this need. And we say, well, you know, I don't really see how. Well, Mary says... I see it all now. And then she goes to be with Elizabeth. Verse 39. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to the town in Judah in the hill country, straight to Zechariah's house to greet Elizabeth. Now, Zechariah, he can't talk. <laughs> Elizabeth's with child, and Zechariah can't talk, and he can't say what's going on. They don't really know. They just know that something's going on here. And, and um, Elizabeth knows that something has happened. She's with child. Something great has happened. And, she, and, and uh, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, okay, when she heard the greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, 
and sang out exuberantly. So Elizabeth, this is her first inclination that this child inside of her is somebody really great. She knows that there's been promises. She knows that there's somebody coming. She knows that there are the prophecies of the Old Testament and how that all this is going to, that something's going to happen. But this is the first time she herself, the Spirit of God comes upon Elizabeth and the baby in her womb starts doing somersaults. <laughs> Any ladies remember those things? Well, this one was... <laughs> You know, this one was uh, more than just a few kicks. This was a few somersaults. And then Elizabeth declares to Mary, You're so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb is also blessed. Now, Elizabeth has no inkling of what's going on here. All she does is hear Mary say hello. And with that hello, the Spirit of God comes upon Elizabeth, and she begins this declaration. And why am I so blessed? The mother of my Lord visits me. There was a divine perspective that took place in Elizabeth's heart, mind, body that brought to reality all that was going on. And the moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said. Blessed woman who believed what God said. Perspective. She knew what happened. The angel spoke to Mary, and Mary came to the conclusion, I'm the maid handmaiden of the Lord, let it happen to me exactly as you said. And, and Elizabeth, she, she says, wow, blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. What is the declaration about Mary? She believed. She believed what the angel had said to her. She believed. And it was a great thing going on. And in this this segment of words here in just a, a few paragraphs the word blessed is used four times blessed and believed blessed and believed blessed and believed <laughs> we got one practicing for the play next week and uh, <laughs> yeah he's practicing <laughs> so blessed and believed okay Blessed and believed, and that's the whole point. We find that our life will be blessed when we believe what God has said for us and perspective. We have a right perspective, and then we go on, and then we'll close with this. And Mary said, okay, this is how Mary responds to this. I am bursting with God news. <laughs> I'm bursting with God news. When the promises of God come to our life, we are bursting with God news. God is going to take care of me. God is going to be with me. God is going to give me the right perspective of life. That God is going to help me in, in, in all that I'm saying and doing. God is going to work within my life. And that there's, there's no perspective without preparation. And God has been preparing me for this moment. 
Your life has been a preparation for this moment. Our perspective of this moment is often sitting here looking up at the moon. And God is saying, I want you to focus in on something. I want you to focus in on a a, a need in your life that I've been preparing you for, and I'm going to give you a perspective based upon a promise that I'm going to meet your need, that I'm going to work in your life. I'm going to do a miracle in your life. I'm going to do something new that you never thought possible. And we look at the moon and we say, well... I really can't make that out from here. But you know, when you start zooming in and zooming in and zooming in, you can come to those little craters and little rocks and little pieces of the planet of the moon. And you can see, <laughs> you can see on the planet where they stepped, when was it? Back in the 60s when they put their first foot, foot on the moon and now the Chinese got there yesterday. <laughs> and... Uh, But you can see that as you focus in. I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. She could be stoned. She could be put away. She could be dishonored. She could be, you know, dishonored by her family, excommunicated from her family and her community. She could be run out of town. And she said, I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. She had a perspective of what God was going to do that no one else had a clue. When God said to Zechariah, you're going to have a son, I don't think so. (laughs) Zipped him up. Sarah, you're going to have a son. And, you know, you're going to have children as many descendants as the stars in the sky. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) You don't know how old I am. Yep. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You just don't know. And that's what we say. Uh Uh-oh. I don't think that's going to happen. But Mary, what God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bare his arm and showed his strength, scattered the uh, bluffing braggarts, you know, the people who are always braggadocious he just scatters them away he knocked the tyrants off their high horses pulled victims out of the mud what's next the starving poor sat down to a banquet the callous rich were left out in the cold he embraced his chosen child israel he remembered and piled on the mercies piled them on high mercy after mercy after mercy All because Mary said, that isn't too far-fetched for the God that that I know, that I could have a child, that I never knew a man, and that God is going to do a new work in me. And if we look at the promise that God has given to us, God, we have to say, that's not too far-fetched for me. 
God can do a new work. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham, right up until now. Mary had a perspective of how that God had worked through the nation of Israel, which gave her, what did she have? Mary had a perspective that brings, well, say it the other way, Mary had a preparation of what God had done through Israel that gave her a perspective that what God had promised that he will do. It's exactly what he promised. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. And that's whenever she started to confront all the other things with Joseph and the families and the community she was in because she was now starting to show with her pregnancy. So what is the challenge? Challenge is preparation brings perspective. We prepare our heart for God to do a new thing this Christmas. And the new thing is that he is going to give us a promise and that we then must have a perspective. That promise is not beyond God's ability to accomplish in my life. That promise is not beyond God's ability to accomplish in my life. That promise is not beyond God's possibility to bring and accomplish in my life. Amen? Let's stand. <laughs> Father, we thank you for how you have blessed us and for what we know in our lives and that what we are aware of and how that your spirit speaks to our hearts and brings alive the promises. And we thank you for that preparation. But God, we want to have a perspective that sees how that you will work in us and how that we must open our hearts and we must be receptive to what you want to do. So prepare us, Lord, that we might receive the blessings and the gifts that you want to bestow upon us. Thank you, God for this special time of the year, which we celebrate God with us. Ask your blessing upon our families, our loved ones, and watch over and guide us as we travel this week. And Lord, next Sunday, we just thank you for the blessings that will continue to flow into our lives. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you.